It's now time to focus on the cups, plural, here on the Owls of America, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and despite promising in the WhatsApp group that I would be delivering a big 11% barrel-aged mole porter for this show that I was very excited about and did buy, I, uh, I tried it out Monday night, recording on Wednesday, and I realized very quickly this is not a beer I should be drinking in the evening in large quantities even though I am two hours earlier recording this show than I was when I previously would drink 11% barrel-aged dark beers that not make me feel great the next morning. Hopefully this will be a nice little way to cap off my evening. It snowed out here today, so as promised last week, I made a hot toddy, and I made it with mostly local ingredients. Uh, It's a riff on the Dead Rabbit one. I use dry whiskey instead of pot-stilled Irish whiskey because you cannot get pot-stilled Irish whiskey out here unless you want to spend $70 on Redbreast 12, which I did not want to do. So instead, I am using the High West Double Rye. I'm using a local pear uh, Oudavi brandy, Angostura bitters, lemon, a little ginger-infused simple syrup, and some hot water to top. It is lovely. Joining me with what I could tell on Zoom, is a dark beer of some note in New England. It's our New England owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm, I'm off the council, Pop. Mm. Um, a local brewery, local as in uh, Massachusetts, uh, just outside of Boston, a city called Braintree, uh, has a brewery, Widowmaker Brewery. I've gotten their uh, candy maker, peanut butter stout with coffee, uh, 7%. It's delicious i'm a big fan um i stopped at the store today and grabbed a four pack of assorted stouts so i'm, I'm quite excited to uh <clears throat> try them out over the next uh next bit of time we're trying out something different this week our lonesome twosome is now a sturdy back three as we are joined out in oregon by our cascadia owl mike larue and mike what are you drinking never know about the lineups do you um i am enjoying something um very non-seasonal as always this is the mexican lager from freem and freem family is out in hood river oregon which is a good hour east of here on the 84 which i know jeff is at the other very familiar with yeah and i and justin i have been to braintree and it's a lovely city Um, years ago i ran the boston marathon and couldn't afford anything near uh finish line so they put us out at the end of the tee and there we are very good yeah take the red line all the way out there it's now that i live uh, away from the city that's as soon as you how i'll get in there i'll drive up uh park at the uh braintree uh train stop and then uh take the train in the city so on tap for episode 194 we'll recap the really weird burton game cover some wednesday news take a look at where we are in the league since we have two cup fixtures to preview a little bit of a break from league football. So let's assess. I know we won't look at the table. We don't do that until Christmas, but let's just assess, generally speaking. We will preview said cup matches against Morricum and Southampton, but we will start with a 4-2 win against Burton Albion. And my word is an acronym, WTF. What did I watch? This was, I don't know how to explain it. It, well, I mean, it was a 4-2 win, so great. I spent the first 10, 15 minutes of the match making coffee. So I had out my phone was, you know, half paying attention. Didn't really miss much. It was kind of a, the same kind of sloggy league one game we saw in the previous weeks, two draws. And then, yeah, you know, a nice little 
bit of play leading to Barry Bannon's finish. Uh, yeah, we can debate the merits of the penalty, but a penalty, none, a rare penalty for Wednesday to make it two nil. Uh, I think even before twenty five minutes had gone by in the match. And yeah, it would just it got weirder from there. They played really well at the beginning of the second half, opened up a four nothing lead, got complacent, missed a penalty at four one, got complacent, <laughs> then it was four two, then it was almost four three, and then the game kind of petered out. I just it didn't fit the usual frame I will use to talk about these games. But Justin, your word might provide a certain framework for it and that's needed yeah this was uh, as you pointed out jeff when you said you missed the beginning that first 20 minutes uh you missed nothing they mm. uh they looked kind of like they had when they were in the pizza cup and they rolled out a lineup and it was a bunch of guys that looked like they never played together um, they really had trouble moving ball um burton obviously you know tried to play pretty compact and clog up the middle but we couldn't move the ball it looked like we weren't you know, we had never played together. We ended up uh, finally needing to bypass the midfield completely just to to get the ball up the pitch. But, you know, these are the games that last week we had this game twice where, you know, we were the better team and we didn't take our chances. And this game, we did take our chances. It was a absolutely delightful finish from Bannon. It, it got me on my feet. I didn't I didn't expect that. Uh, Top to angle, falling backwards. Yeah. Oh, floating it in just under the crossbar. Beautiful play. And then the penalty by uh, Smith. Uh, uh, Gregory might have hit his penalty harder, but I'm not sure. Uh, as my uh, son Greg- noted, I, I think he did. Watching. I think Gregory went like full Kevin Pressman on his. Like, yeah. I, a but my, son, my son pointed out when we uh, when we watched the, the replay that on Smith's uh, penalty, you could hear the ball hit the back of the net. Mm. That's how hard he, uh, how hard he, I mean, keeper guessed in, right. So. He was not close. No, no. So that, that was, uh, you know, and then again, the second half, as you're right, we jumped all over them, had that great, uh, great goal in transition. I was kind of shitting on Patterson earlier in the game. He, he made a great, uh, great pass, uh, to Smith, to Baz, to Wilkes for that. And then I, I do want to, uh, squeeze in my love of that goal from Fizz. He totally fooled the keeper with that. He stepped up like he was going to hammer it far side and then just passed it into the near side where the keeper had been uh, just moments before uh, for an absolutely beautiful goal. Um, so, so yeah, they, uh, they took their chances, and, and that's what we need to do against teams like Burton. Despite all that, Mike, your word is unsatisfying. Yeah, as far as wins go, and first of all, yeah, the WTF moment, you wake, I would, you know, for, for us out in the West, it's early, probably the first thing you do when you wake up is you check the team news. And that probably was your biggest WTF moment. And you look at the bench and you've got Byers, Wendass, Gregory, Hunt, you know, you got, I don't know what percentage of our goals were sitting on the bench, but uh, it was, it was uh, kind of shocking. And I think I was also still hung over for, we'll talk about it on Wednesday news, but the, uh, the <laughs> kind of good news. Um, I think I was still a little bit, um, dreading the worst so yeah when i see patterson up front and uh what we had uh, marvin johnson in the back and i just wasn't sure what to expect uh i do agree the lee gregory um the lee gregory miss on that penalty was really that was quite spectacular and i don't know <laughs> i don't know if i feel way different if that goes in and it's five mil and we, mm-hmm. we let that in 
But going to the, t- again, we'll talk about the team news. That second header that they got, just, I, <laughs> I don't understand when all it is. I for, for, so yeah. forget that. But that second header that went in just looked so much, so many flashbacks from uh, last couple seasons that I just, it, that really just left a, a sour taste in my mouth. And I never actually thought they were losing. No, but like, and the, when it almost flashed, when it flashed by the the far post for four, would, would have been four three. I'm kind of like, yeah, you, you can tighten up. Like, I don't like some, you get complacent at four 0 right in the 70th, 60th, 70th minute or whatever it is, and they get one back fairly quickly, and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm so- sure your back line and and Stockdale want to keep a clean sheet, but it's whatever. And then you by get a penalty at the other end as Patterson gets chopped down and then it's like okay Gregory will put this away and then he doesn't it's like whatever it's 4-1 and then it's then of course it's Sam Winnell who scored I think if I know he scored I don't know if he scored more goals against Wednesday than he did as a Wednesday player but it's got to be fairly close <laughs> at this point um yeah, my, my son listens to the uh the, there's a BBC has a uh, EFL wraparound whip around show all the mm. goals going for the for the for EFL and there was that chaos going on with the uh, was it the Ipswich uh, Carlton? Yeah, yeah, that game was a that game was amazing. Yeah, but then speaking was, of free that headers, that was, yeah. that was going on in the background. I'm just like, well, this is gonna, yeah, we're going the same direction there. So. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of with Jeff. I never, I'll be honest, I I did the exact same thing as the Wednesday back line, and I I zoned the fuck out after four nothing. I really, you know, I I was running around a little bit, taking care of business, but. I wasn't too worried about it, but you know, again, they—it's what we say with all these games. You need three points. We got, we got three points. Yeah. So, well, what do you make of the starting lineup? I mean, it's a fairly crowded yeah. section of the fixture schedule. They got a short week with the game on Friday. They're coming off a two-match week. They got a quick turnaround on a long trip to Southampton. On the back of that, yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, I, I, I advocated on this show last week for Fizz to start over Windass, and I thought it did make them uh, a little more uh, a little more well-spaced up front. It didn't do them any good in the midfield, but it did make them a little more spaced up front. Um, yeah, I don't, I, again, I think Patterson for Gregory, like, you got to get these guys yeah, match time. I thought Wilkes had a pretty good game all in all, too. Um, but... What was it? It was a weird formation, though. Um, yes. I mean, I have it. I have it listed as a more or less a four-one-four-one uh, because Backinson was the lone eight, and they pushed Fizz up with Bannon. Usually, we've been doing, uh, you know, sort of two six slash eights, uh, and this was the two of them were pushed up higher with Backinson in front of that back line, with obviously uh, Patterson and Wilkes up front. Uh, with Smith. So it was kind of a weird look. And to be honest, I didn't think it worked that well. And they ended up shifting, you know, Bannon kind of dropped back to let Fizz play up a little bit higher. That seemed to work better, but we haven't seen much of that having sort of two eight slash tens um, with Fizz and Bannon up there. And then I, it didn't seem to work for that first 25 minutes or so. Yeah, I again, I'm fine with squad rotation. I'm fine with them playing four at the back, especially given their current center back situation. And look, it's Burton Albion's 23rd in the league at home. Uh, I'm not saying treat it like a pizza cup game, but if there was a time to, you know, maybe give Gregory an hour off and Windass an hour off, and you know, Byers who's still working his way back into into full match fitness, 
an hour off, you do, you, you do it, you know, and it was fine. They were up for nothing by the time they started making substitutions. So right. uh, whatever happened after that is, you know, whatever happened after that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I would prefer to see more be a little more creative um, in terms of some of these formations and setups. This didn't work great for the first 20 minutes. Once it started working, it started working really well. So that is the Burton Albion game. Take a break, come back, cover the Wednesday news, take a look at where Wednesday are in the league and preview the upcoming cup fixtures. Welcome back. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Uh, last week, I think I suggested that Ben Hennigan might get back into training some point soon. Uh, he might be out for the rest of the year now with knee surgery. So that is that is a thing that new, that is, uh, in the words of the dude, new shit has come to light. So <laughs> very unfortunate. He was a anchor in that back line along with uh, Heckway and McGinnis. I thought McGinnis had a, had a very fine game again on. The weekend, uh, Akam Femwo is back in training, which is good because they're going to need center backs in, in short order. Obviously, Ahekwe will be back in the squad having served his one-match suspension, but their center back depth is a little thin at the moment without bringing back uh, you know Liam Palmer and Marvin Johnson and Callum Patterson into that role. I mean, Hennigan's so unique too. I mean, he's mm. he's the dominant force in the air back there, right? You you want to have one of those guys who just clears everything out, um, and and he was putting up some very impressive numbers. Uh, I mean, I think we talked about a couple games ago. He had, you know, something like one eight aerials or something uh, on that back line, cleared everything out of there. He that'll be a big loss. Um, I I do think that it's likely that that's sort of a worst case scenario. They said he's got to have surgery. So it kind of depends on how the surgery goes, how his recovery goes. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see him again, but I, I think we do have to kind of put him out of mind for now and, and figure out what we're going to do with the other center backs and how we can play uh, nice. The uh, Hegway will be back for, for the next couple of games. Hopefully that'll help. Ray Bannon was voted player of the month for October. Pretty strong month. Uh, four wins, two draw, one loss. Just a loss to Plymouth Argyle in the league. Although, like that Argyle can't lose right now, that does loom fairly large. Plus a Pizza Cup win in the dead rubber against Leicester City under-21s. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. I was thinking about this. I didn't know if they'd announce it at the time we did the show and didn't want to do a discussion segment on this. I couldn't really think of anyone else other than Bannon for this spot. You know, no, Gregory and Smith, they both chipped in with some goals. I thought Hennigan and Heckway in the back have been good, but yeah. I mean, it's just like the player ratings lately. A lot of sixes and sevens, but only the consistent mm-hmm. eight and Bannon. So. And Bannon, of course, had another excellent game against Burton. Uh, I thought he was good in both the draw. You know, he's, as Barry Bannon goes, so goes the, the team more weeks, more often than not. So, you know, uh, it's been that way for years and teams have known if they shut him down, (laughs) we're in trouble. It looks like we've got a little more than that this year, which is nice, but 14 points from seven uh, last month. They say two points a game will get you promoted. Although Wednesday are winning two points a game and are not in a promotion place as we 
take a little break from league action and head to the cups. So I thought this would be a good time to kind of take our temperature and where we are on the, the 2022-2023 season. And my first question is just, are we happy with Wednesday's performance so far? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean it's, like, it's a weird one, right? Because you expect automatic promotion. I think we all said coming this season, you have to expect automatic promotions with the squad in this league. And they are playing like a team that will get automatic promotion. As we said, with, you know, two points a game. If you get 92 points more often than not, you're going up in the top two, but they're not actually there right now. And it took a wild finish at, at if Twitch to even claw them back to within three points of that. So it does seem like you have to look more broadly at the, at the league context as a whole, where that's really like three, clearly a top three. And then I think three or four playoff chasers and then the rest of the league is just bad. Plymouth Argyle, Ipswich, it's, I mean, we're going to be chasing them all year and it's going to, I hate to think that it's going to come down to goal differential and some other factors, but we got to start thinking about all these different angles. Um, and then I looked at who's right beneath us, and it's like those aren't teams I want to play in a, a, a two-game tie for playoffs either. No, no, we've got to go up. I, I'll break the mold a little bit from what I'm sensing from you guys. I'm fucking thrilled. As far as I'm concerned, we have been playing promotion form. We've been playing great football. We have two other teams that happen to be off to a great start as well. Um, as you said, Jeff, there's a clear separation between those top three. Um and the rest of the league. I know Portsmouth is kind of hanging around, but you know, if you, if you look at the goal difference, as you point out, Mike, there's, there's three teams that are head and shoulders above the league. Two of them were expected before the year. Us and Ipswich had, you know, championship level rosters and Plymouth went out and got a bunch of loan players that are working really well for them. Um, and that maybe wasn't quite as expected, but to me, they're the shape, even though they played the best this year, they're the shakiest team in question out of those three, given the depth that us and Ipswich have and the fact that they're relying so much on not just loan players, but young loan players. Uh, you know, I don't know if they get recalled. It's a long, it's a long grind in the league. And too. that's the thing. It's a long season. We're, we're built for continuing this form all season. I don't see a reason why we can't. In fact, we may even be able to get a little bit better. Well, again, um, I don't want to keep this all on one person's shoulders, but the Hennigan injury just really just sucked the life out of me. It, 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 I'm probably making more out of it than I should, but I mean, that was seemed like one of our brightest transfers this year was having him come in and just, and just be that mountain in the, in the, on the back line. So. Yeah, we'll oh, see. They, yeah, they, no, they, it's, they've hurts. been reasonably sturdy at the back, I mean, outside of sort of putting it on cruise control against, Burton, they've been fairly sturdy at the back without him. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I think with Plymouth too, as we saw this last year with them, they got off to a hot start and their manager got poached because that's the thing that happens when you're a league one team playing progressive football with a good young squad. Your manager gets poached. We've already, there's already been interest from West Brom for, for Plymouth manager. I don't know how long they'll be able to hold off interest in, from championship teams. And that can certainly, you know, cause some, short, medium, and long-term problems we saw with Plymouth last year. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised, though. You know what, I mean, the championship's we, a lot of money. It's know? true. When we had that, uh, I, I forget, who, who was the Plymouth fan we 
I don't remember earlier this year. Oh names. boy, brutal. Sorry, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, he he had the great point that uh, their coach Schumacher had moved his whole family down to the South Coast. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't a thing for him where it was temporary. And from from reading that, and when I had looked up to preview them, he really seemed like he was he was committed to this. It's his first job. Um, I I don't think we can count on that. But I I think your greater point is correct that it's. It's a long season. It's a grind. And that's a young team with a new manager. It's going to be tough for them to keep up their form all year, um, especially when they're competing with two clubs with much bigger budgets, uh, much deeper lineups. And, you know, if we get to the January transfer window, uh, more ability to bring in impact players, although Plymouth's obviously proved very astute at bringing in players. So what, if anything, do you think Wednesday need to change going forward to help close that gap? That's, I, I, I mean, based upon the last several seasons of following this team, this is the best team. I mean, <laughs> League one, but nonetheless, this is the best position team we've had in a while. So I don't think it's us. I think it's just the other teams slipping at this point. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to find a way, I think, to get – Gregory and Smith more service because when they get it, they're clearly capable of scoring in bunches. Right. I think we've seen that. And just, I don't know how to get them more involved. You know, Gray is going to drop deeper and do hold up stuff as well. Smith tends to freelance a little bit out wide. I wish there was a way we could just like bypass that. And I'm not saying it's bad and that like kind of like hold up link up play is important, but just a way to, let them just, you know, face to goal, get them the ball into the box and put yeah, them in a position to, you know, that last March is Marvin, one and two scoring ratios. Mar- Marvin Johnson from last March would be really nice right about now. So mm-hmm. I think you put him up front in a front three, then if, if you're going to do that, you have, you have Smith out wide and you have Gregory in the middle playing. Uh, a nine, but almost like a false nine coming back a little bit. And then you put somebody on the left side to run in behind them. Gregory's going to poach, Smith's going to poach, and whoever that third guy is, hint, it's not Callum Patterson, um, but Hill. Although he he does, he serves his purpose, and off the yeah. ball, he's he's outstanding. And, you know, um, they're, they're third in goal scored in the league, so it's not like they're not yeah. finding goals. They're finding goals from a little bit. Again, it was a little bit of everywhere on – Saturday I mean, I think well. Mike's right. It's it's not we're it's not anything that we need to do differently. We're we're good. It's, it's a matter of continuing to do the things we're doing, and you know, hoping that you know uh, the teams ahead of us slip up a little bit. And and frankly, the head to head matchups with them are going to be yeah very big. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't mind bringing in a Hennigan replacement. Uh, Harley Dean or uh, who was the dude we, we chased after for years. We had him briefly from Cardiff uh, and then he never played for us and went back oh, to Cardiff. Yeah, it was awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forgetting his name. Well, He's that does a take us through the, uh, we need one of them. The transfer window and what you think Wednesday. I know it's still two months away. There's a world cup still to be played as well, but uh, where do you think they should look to strengthen in January? I mean, it's tough to say now this far out, but. Oh, that's it for me. I, yes. I want to make sure we've got, um, you know, we could use a, a mountain in the middle uh, on the back line, especially if we're going to play three at the back, which he's been doing more for at the back recently. But mm. I, I think this team probably does operate 
best under more with three at the back oh, and wing backs. Johnson and Palmer a little um, bit further forward. Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, so I, I'd like a man mountain in the back line, Jeff. Yeah. I'd like to see like a true, like attacking winger. They don't really have that right now. And that's sort of the thing you suggested with playing. They, they put Windass in that role. Sometimes is that what Wilkes in is? that role might, and they've tried out there too, but I think it's like a, you want someone they can push forward like a, I don't know, like a Rolando Aaron's or something like that, where just, you know, can put a cross in, can cut inside, pacey. Yeah. I mean, as Mike alluded to earlier, getting Marvin Johnson from last year going is. Uh, yeah. You know, sort of what Jacob Murphy help. offered for the team, too. Yeah. That kind I, of I think just giving, I just think if you play, if you start to play with wings now, or play with three at the front, um, having Wilkes get his role out. I, I think Mighton's probably just not quite ready. Um, and he just doesn't look like he's going to make a difference. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back uh, to Forest. But uh, Wilkes has, has looked better. Um, and depending what you do with Jaden Brown, you can push up Johnson. Like, mm-hmm. I, But, you know, I, we, we do need that. We do need that wing play to be creative. Mike, you? Again, I think we have enough uh, weapons on offense that just need us to, to work. I, I just have faith we're going to find that combination that's going to start clicking at some point. So, um, yeah, I don't know, Jeff. The attacking winger. That's... <clears throat> I always want more goals. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would rather shore up the defense at this point because we're close to having a yeah. it up. So. Which takes us to the manager. I think we all said at the beginning of the season – that it was promotion or busts, and that goes for the for Darren Moore as well in his future at, at Wednesday. I know there's been some consternation over some of his substitutions, most notably in the Plymouth Argyle game last month. But where how are we feeling about Darren Moore at this point in time? I am long on Darren Moore. I I'm probably I'm the opposite of Moore out. Um, <laughs> I, I'm actually more worried that he's going to get poached than I'm worried about uh, us. Yeah, playing. there hasn't been a lot of... No, there's not, but I, I think that's more likely than us uh, needing to get rid of him. And I know I'm very not not in the very unpopular with that opinion, but I, yeah. I think it's going to be kind of funky with the World Cup and these uh, extended off times for the uh, leagues above us. Mm, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that. I'm, I feel like I'm where I have been with more, like... Um, once you saw his ability to create a good locker room, um, dressing room, whatever the Brits <laughs> call it, um, and as well as be a recruiter and be able well, to get people to buy in. Yeah, he, he's been so good with that. Um, and and we've known that he's a little weak tactically, right? And and that's um, you know that's fine. Not not everybody is at that point i mean i i see zero reason to not run him through the rest of the year and frankly i don't think that not going up this year means we should can him either like i i think he's a guy who can bring us up now if we get up to the championship you know maybe my opinion will change but i'm i'm, I'm at least leaning your way mike on let's let's roll with darren Moore. i like what he's bringing to the table yeah, I think he'll certainly get the rest of the season. I don't know. Again, you know, a second straight year 
going out in the playoffs. You know, maybe there's some hard choices that have to be made there. And you know, it's like anything else in in football. There's he'll probably if he isn't already one of the longest tenured managers in League One. I assume he will be by the end of the season. I think it's just him and like Ainsworth probably at this point. Um, and he's really only been there now uh, a couple of years, but. Doesn't it depend on the nature of uh, so like let's say they theoretically get knocked out in the playoffs like mm. if if we play two points a game for them the rest of the year but come in third because Ipswich and Plymouth have miracle years and then we lose a tough battle or a playoff final because shit happens as we know uh, you know to me that's not it's disappointment of a season for sure but it's not a failure whereas if we you know hit February and collapse and come in sixth and get run out of the playoffs. Now you got to wonder, you know, how, how we're feeling here. So uh, I see no reason to not have everybody on board the Darren Moore train right now. Let, let's roll with it and uh, support them. Hey, the team. As much as the uh, Plymouth Argyle substitutions were, well, again, when we think about the lineups, the lineup for this week, if something awful had happened against Burton Albion, like Burton Albion had scored two goals in the first 10 minutes, <laughs> Then we're going to like, then that's two fireball offenses, but no, I, I don't have any fireball offenses right now. So no, I'm. So. Well, for, for now, the Darren Moore train will roll on to FA cup round one <laughs> and Morecambe again, take it away, Justin. Yeah. If I had my previews called up, apparently my computer just uh, rebooted itself. So if you uh, give me a second, Jeff, what do you know about Morecambe? Oh, boot up Jeff's um, screen shot from a from the whatsapp group let's do that one. yeah i i i got it i got it on here jeff what do you know about morecambe tell me about morecambe they're called the shrimps i know that yep why i, I often i don't remember i often refer to they're <laughs> often my go-to for a league one side that plays very negative football on a very small ground on a very cold tuesday night beautiful um and what we're going to learn is that uh they like to sit back and counter with long balls jeff because mm. uh they're a league one team uh, so Morecambe's in Lancashire. It's on the coast. They, uh, they all uh, use giant nets and scoop up shrimps. Uh, that's how everybody over there gets their job, makes the money. So that's the name. Uh, this town is known for its beaches. Apparently a famous Enoch Powell speech. And I don't know if people are familiar with Enoch Powell, but bad man. Um, and uh, he made a very famous speech there about bad things. Uh, the Miss Great Britain contest used to take place in Morecambe from 56 to 89. And all I'm going to ask somebody to do is, on your own time, look up Blobby Gate uh, with such terms as Crinkly Bottom, Noel's House Party, and Mr. Blobby. Uh, please go look that up to get a little more background on Morecambe. Uh, Morecambe's all the way up to 22nd. Um, they're bad. Uh, they don't score a lot of goals. They give up a lot. They're a dash 14 on the goal difference. Uh, one win this year on the road. Uh, their form is not great. Lost draw, win, lost draw, draw. Um, we beat them 3-0 in their house earlier this year with three goals after the 70th minute. It's one of those League One games. We uh, Oh, God. Yep. So uh, Mike has discovered Mr. Bobby. Uh Mike, I told you to do it on your own time, not the podcast time. Uh, <laughs> it's something else. Please, people, look it up. Uh, yeah, we, we took care of them in a typical League One match earlier this year where we they kept it close. We scored and ended up winning. As I noted, they play very defensively, um, although their manager, Derek Adams, a 
prickly Scott um, does have four promotions as a manager. So he clearly knows what he's doing. He's switched up his formation a bit this year. Uh, if you remember, this is the team that Liam Shaw plays for um, currently. And not much else to note for them. They have a guy named Jensen Weir, who's one of their uh, five midfielders. He's got four goals. And then uh, young guy up front uh, playing either forward or the central attacking mid is Karen Phillips, four goals, one assist. But this is League One territory, sit back, counter with long balls, uh, clog the middle, blah, blah, blah. What do you guys do for this game? This is, is what? FA Cup round two? Round one. Round one. Round one. All right. I have no idea so how they're scheduling all this around the World Cup and everything else. But yeah, this is round one. What, what do you do with the lineup for this game? I mean, I would just, uh, I'd just do some squad rotation. Do we give a shit? Yeah. Do we give a shit at all? About I, you know, you, I'd on. like to get into round three, but yeah, it's I'm not going to be like a really team. High priority. Mike, say it again. I want to draw against a Premier League team, you know, some from the top half of the Premier League, um, either home or away. But I think the third round of the FA Cup should be a reasonable goal for a League One team that's in the top three of the league. Even at the cost of, you know, sacrificing some. So we could give a handful of guys a whole week off here, right? Just maybe you don't want a whole week off. I think they're going to rotate heavily against Southampton, I suspect. yeah, 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 I think the FL is the one you take a hike on. Long oh, midweek road trip against a team they True. probably really can't realistically beat. I mean, granted, let's go yeah, to the Southampton they're, they're preview. Rotate too. So oh, let's go to the Southampton preview yeah, then. All right. Well, we can't actually watch the Morecambe game if it is. So I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, say again. We can't watch it. What? It's not on TV. Oh, what do you mean? It is not. It's not on ESPN Plus. They're only oh, showing the Sky yeah, Games this yeah. round. They oh, have so the rights all game. It's an FA Cup. If ESPN plus, but dollars I spend money. every year. On, yeah, yeah. Uh, I heard there's a team from Wales they have to show. So. Yes. Oh, hey, shots fired. Uh, all right. Can I can listen to the game though, right? Yes, you can. I, I follow good. audio. Yes, very should good. be fine. Uh, we'll get Robin and John. Yeah. Very good. Hey, nothing wrong with that. By the way, uh, we we questioned earlier this year. Uh, we hadn't heard John in a little bit. Nice to hear him back mm-hmm. uh, recently. Uh, very good. Yeah, so we travel to Southampton uh, next Wednesday for the whatever next round of the EFL Cup. Uh, not that it matters much, but they're 17th in the Premiership. Um, minus nine goal difference. Uh, not great at home either, by the way. Uh, and they're a minus one goal difference with one win at home. Their form's not great. Three losses in their last six. So the last time that we played uh, Southampton, the Saints, by the way, we lost two to nothing uh, in the EFL Cup 10 years ago. Um, so that was I there. vaguely and remember that, this. And that, well, that was following the season. They swept us in League One and mm. they ended up moving up to the championship. And then they moved up to uh, the premiership after that, where they've been since. So Southampton, South Coast and Hampshire, the Saints. Um, they formed in 1885. They actually uh, had two FA Cup final losses uh, in the early 1900s, but officially joined the EFL in 1920, which was the year they invented the third division. So they were in that group of teams that came in uh, when they came up with the third division. Uh, they won the FA Cup in 1976 when they were a second division team, which obviously Wednesday fans should appreciate second division teams winning major trophies. It's always enjoyable. Um, 
So after those back-to-back promotions, they've been in the Premier League since. And what we know about Southampton is that they've been a factory for finding young players, producing them, and selling them on. Uh, so there's a couple of reasons to dislike them. And one of them is their red and white stripes because <laughs> it's just fucking hideous and looks like bacon uh, going down them. But the other one is that they basically created uh, the spine of Liverpool's team for like the last 20 <laughs> years. Um, so just a quick run through of players that went directly from Southampton to Liverpool, Ricky Lambert, Nathan Klein, uh, Dejan Lovren, Adam Lallana, Peter Crouch, Virgil van Dijk, Sadio Mane. Uh, they just sold everybody to Liverpool and unfortunately didn't rip Liverpool off too many times. Uh, so again, another reason to dislike them. Uh, their manager is Ralph Hasenhudel. If you don't follow the Premier League, he's the Austrian Klopp. Um, <laughs> or so he he doesn't prefer to be called that, but, but that's what it is. Um, he comes out of the Leipzig school. I believe he was the Salzburg manager and might have mm. even had, uh, uh, I'm sorry, he comes out of the Red Bull family. Might have had some time at Leipzig too, but so he does that 4-2-2-2 two, two, two formation. Um, there's two up front, there's two holders, and the other two are sort of wingers that pinch in behind the front two. Um, lots of pressing, lots of running, very aggressive. Um, they like to work the ball through the middle, obviously, because they don't have much uh, width, and then get that ball slowly but surely into the danger areas where they can get a shot. Um Sometimes they struggle in possession because they don't have a ton of creators. Um, but again, previewing this game, like we have no idea what their lineup's going to be. I, I would assume we get a lot of young players from them. Yeah, I mean, my concern would just be that they're going to, their young players all came up in this system. You know, obviously their youth academy plays. The exactly. They do, and, and they're going to play. They're, and they're going to press Wednesday to death. Terrifying. As we've seen right. recently, <laughs> if, if they can't handle like Lincoln City's press, like what are they going to do against yeah. the, Right. You know, even if it's you know half of the Southampton under 21s yeah no I, I think that's uh, I think that's exactly um, that's exactly it we're going to see them try to overwhelm us with probably more t- talent but less experience and mm-hmm. then it's up to us to you know hopefully have that experience and sense of calmness to you know get through that press or up over the top and and try to attack them. I mean, you know, it's the same thing with reading their lineup. Like everybody knows James Ward Prowse, Mm -hmm. uh, free kick specialist. Um, Shea Adams up front scores goals. Adam Armstrong, I think we saw him with Reading maybe, QPR, the championship a couple of years ago. He's outstanding. Uh, Nathan Redman, Theo Walcott. Again, how many of these people are going to play? We don't know. Well, yeah, exactly. So you really can't tell. But Jeff, I I think that's right. I think we're going to see a somewhat unique system, uh, whether or not the players who are playing it uh, have their regular legs under them. Um, I don't know. I kind of like to. Justin, you said they're 17th? Yeah, they're just just yeah, outside want, I mean, of the. Uh, they may be not really caring about this game at all either, because uh, they may just be focused focus on the league. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm fully expecting that. I'm, I'm expecting it. And when I went through their lineup, uh, 
you know, I didn't take all the names that people want to go check. Um, there's a lot of guys who've got time this year who are under the age of 20 or, or in their early 20s. No, it's not a ton of time, right? It's, you know, 300 minutes or 400 minutes so far or whatever it is, 200 minutes. Uh, they played less games, but they, they definitely have youth in their rotation. I'm kind of expecting that's who we'll see with maybe one of those setups where, uh, you know, they've got a couple guys on the bench if they need somebody to come off and, you know, take that free kick or they need Shea Adams to come in and, and get a goal that they'd be willing to do that. Um, but we'll see. Again, I'm not quite sure of their, uh, their intentions right now. We'll see how it plays out. Before we wrap things up, we do have some dispatches from American Soccer. Excellent. Because I was, I was remiss. I did not introduce Mike as from the home of the NWSL champion Portland Thorns this week. Thank you. It's uh, very cool. Yeah. I'm a season ticket holder, and uh, well, my family's we are season ticket holders, and um, it's been a uh, don't want to get into the, the the all the issues going on with the NWSL and the AIDS report, but it's been a it's been an emotional year, and uh, to actually um, there, there were tears were shed, so we'll leave it at that. So it was it was a, it was a fun season, and uh, go Thorns. Dude, they have like. There are a few, I feel like there are a few places in this country where uh, football and a particular place have connected. Um, St. Louis is obviously one. You've got your Jersey connection. Um, and, and Portland has a football connection, but on the women's side, there's nowhere in this country where, where I feel like there's a connection between the women's team and the local community. You have since that league came about like bombed out a really cool stadium and made a unique atmosphere. The relationship between that team and that city and, and this country and that sport is pretty unique. So I, I thought it was really cool to see them uh, yeah. win a title. And what you said was a really emotional year. If if you are in the Pacific Northwest, I do recommend come come to Pacific uh, come to Providence Park, watch a watch a women's soccer game. But I would also add they added uh, the NWSL added a team in Los Angeles and San Diego this year, and they both kind of went gangbusters too with the attendance. So um, sweet, it's it's looking well on the West Coast, and also like Kansas City, um, another place where um, yes, pretty strong as well. So, but thank well, you. Well, and I think soccer overall in Kansas City, yeah. maybe it's just a Missouri thing. Well, if you want to drop in on a Wednesday game or Wednesday meetup on Friday, you can't. It's not on TV, as far as we can tell. So, <laughs> hey, have back to, in the back of the day, you would have gone to the, the yeah, football factory with but a solo the, cop, yeah, and a little, uh, and a phone. <laughs> yeah, I I have sat in on those meetups as well in League One, no less myself. I assume the Southampton game will be on TV, but. I, guess. I think that's the point. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's on TV. That's why ESPN we're the plus, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday game. Um, yeah. I don't know. Check I, to me, that's the game. That's the game you go for. Yeah. Like, I, I know you want to advance in the FA cup, but take a fucking scalp, even if it's a lame one like Southampton and let's see what the next round gives us. Well, we've been giving you episode 194 of the Owls America. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are the fellow Wednesday's Reverend and the Makers. 
podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at Franklin Owls. Justin, what's your favorite memory of Braintree, Massachusetts? Oof. I don't know, because I get a shitty hockey rink there, too. <laughs> um, I'll be honest. Uh, Mike said some very nice things earlier. I'm kind of all set with Braintree. And by the way, uh, my daughter's uh, my day team that I coach pumped Braintree <laughs> like two weeks ago. Well, so that's a good memory, if nothing else. <laughs> there you go. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Mike, what's your favorite memory from this year's Portland Thorn season? Oh, that's easy. Uh, the uh, the Crystal Dunn goal in the uh, the semifinals against the Wave. Um, that was nasty. There were literally tears. I I, I wept openly because it was that was limbs, dude. Stoppage time. <laughs> and, uh, this woman who just gave birth five months ago, and yeah, it was just. It was I'm nice. on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and hope we will have some tears of joy to discuss with you next week. <laughs>